See if I can get this started. Okay. Um, we were scheduled the, to end the semester, end hardcore, with talking about, by faith, Moses' parents. And what that did is it, it introduced a, a new section of Hebrews chapter 11. What, what we were doing was we were, we were, where we were in Hebrews chapter 11 as we were studying those who are examples of faith to us, we were in Genesis. But when we started uh, the next one, Joseph ended that for us last week. As we started with Moses, really Moses' parents, we moved from Genesis to Exodus. Uh, and really, I didn't want to start talking about Moses' parents and then we end the semester, and then we start back with Moses uh, next semester. So what I did is I took our topic, and I punted it about 60 yards. Yay. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to need you. I, I, I have had something on my heart that I want to share with you. Uh, but I'm going to need your cooperation. And that's why I'm asking you to sit at a table with someone else or someone's else, okay? And to start out, what I want to do is ask this question and then ask you just to talk about it. You don't have to have a theological uh, dissertation about this, but just talk about a little bit. Here's the question. Why do we spend time and energy studying the Bible? Why do we do that? So would you just take some moments around your table and just have some conversation around that question, please. Okay. Um, why do we have hardcore Bible study? Uh, several years ago, it's been about five years ago, Oprah was on uh, uh, Stephen, the late night show, Stephen Colbert. Y'all know who? Y'all know who Oprah is? Everybody know? Y'all, y'all know who Stephen Colbert is? Okay, all right, okay, okay. And what they were doing is they were sharing their favorite Bible quotes of all things. Okay, now Stephen went first, and and. Uh, he, he talked about what his, his was real funny. Uh, his was out of the Sermon on the Mount. It was like, Jesus said, do not worry. And that was his favorite quote. That was in the end of quote right there. Do not worry. Okay. So, and he talked a little bit about it. Then Oprah said her favorite Bible verse was Psalm 37.4. Psalm 37.4 says, delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of his heart. Okay, now she, went, she, she then said... Uh, this is how. This is what I take from that verse. That this is what it means to me. The Lord uh, has a wide range of meaning. It means love and compassion and forgiveness and kindness. So you delight in those virtues where the character of the Lord is revealed, and then He will give you the desires of your heart. Now, I, I don't. I'm. I hope you have a response to her. <laughs> I have a very intense response to what she said. Her response for me brings up many questions 
about her view of the Bible and how you determine what the Bible really says. Um, so I, I, one of the things I'm going to ask you uh, is what is the Bible for? And, and we were sitting around in our leadership group uh, and I asked them that question. They gave great answers. You probably have a good answer too. Um, you know, for someone to just say, well, uh, this is what I take this verse to mean. This is what I take the Lord to mean. Uh, this is what that word means to me. And this is what I use it for. I, I want to say to you that's very dangerous. So I want to focus on the question, what is the Bible for? Because it deeply connects to why we have hardcore Bible study. Is the Bible for finding quotes of timeless truth to help us, uh, uh, you know, just to kind of help us out when we are facing dilemmas or we're needing guidance? Is that what the Bible's for? Uh, I, I, is, is there guidance in the Bible? For sure. Is there counsel or answers to dilemmas in the Bible? For sure. There is. Okay. But the Bible is not like a recipe book. Uh, you know, I'm needing something chocolate. Uh, or, or like I, Leah blessed me with, I mean, the very best cherry pie I've ever eaten in my life. And, and you know, so like, no, I'm thinking I'm needing some cherry pie. So where can I find that in the Bible? Okay. All right, now, is that there? Yes, that's there, but, it, that, but that's not what the Bible is meant for. It's like I have all these desires, you know, Psalm 37, 4. I have all these desires. I don't know what to do with them in my heart. So what I'm going to do is, is if, I'll just, if I'll just delight in the things that are like God, then what's going to happen is all those desires in my heart are going to come back to me. Uh, or is, or are we always looking in the Bible for some kind of timeless truth? You know, something that is kind of like a light in the darkness to kind of give us an idea which directions we need to be going. Is that there? Yes. But is that what the Bible is for? Okay, so I, I want to challenge you tonight about why it's important for you to know your Bible. Many times we come to the Bible with, uh, you know, really big questions. And we're looking in the Bible for answers to those questions. Uh, like, is it okay? I mean, and I'm just pulling some out, folks. Like, is it okay to have sex outside of marriage? Is that really okay? Or, you know, or is there any kind of guidance I can get from the Bible about that? Is it harmful? Is it okay? Is it, is it benign? What is it? You know, how do you find your purpose in life? I just last week had a conversation with a young gentleman about the just really struggling, uh, like feeling like that he's drowning uh, in uh, school because he cannot seem to locate a purpose for his life. So, I mean, do we go to the Bible with that question and then try to piece out some kind of answer? You know, is it wrong for me to be wealthy? Is it wrong for me to want to be wealthy? And so we go to the Bible and try to find the answers to these questions. Now, 
I'm, I'm trying to say uh, the, that a lot of times the answers are there. But I'm also trying to say to you that if we use the Bible in a way that it's not meant to be used, then what's going to happen is, is that we're, we're going to be finding answers to our questions that may not be really answers. When we make the Bible an answer book, we make the Bible into something that it isn't. Now, are there timeless truths in the Bible? Yes. Are there things it gives to us to guide us? Yes. Does it help us also discover our purpose? Yes. But the Bible is not for answering personal questions. It does answer personal questions, but that is not what it's for. Are you with me so far, beloved? It isn't a catalog for me to go find answers and solutions to the problems that I'm dealing with currently. Uh, Have you ever noticed that the Bible can actually be offensive? That it actually can offend you? Have you ever noticed that the Bible can be barbaric? I mean, really, barbaric. Have you ever noticed that the Bible can be oppressive or even sexist? Maybe it is. If you're reading it in a way it was not meant to be read. Drop the mic. (laughs) Way to go, Josh. Okay, beloved, listen, you have to read the Bible and you have to study the Bible in line with what it was meant for. What is the Bible for? Uh, Somebody said this earlier when I was asking. So this is my words for it. The Bible is about God working through very messed up people to bring redemption to the whole world. Let me say it again. The Bible is about God working through very messed up people. Parentheses, that gives me hope. Very messed up people to bring redemption to the whole world. And when we try to get the Bible to say uh, these nice and neat little doctrinal principles, uh, the Bible really doesn't seem to really behave itself. You ever notice that we get our... We get a really nice, neat package of a doctrine, and then we find a verse that contradicts it. So wait a minute. Hold on. I mean, this is this is I mean, this is what this denomination believes. But wait a minute, this denomination believes and okay, well the do they have Bible scripture? So yeah, oh yeah, yes, yes. Well do they? Yeah, they, yep, oh, whoa. Well, which is it? It's like the Bible doesn't want to behave itself when we're trying to get something nailed down in black and white. The problem's not the Bible. The problem is not taking the Bible on its own terms, beloved. What is the Bible for? I'm going to tell you three things. Why This is why we have hardcore. Yeah, Josh. When you Bible offensive, is it that it's offensive, or are we offended because we're doing something that goes against the Bible, and that's why it's 
offensive to us because we're not, we're the ones messing up. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In either way, the end result is you're offended. Does that make sense? So is that more so an us thing, or is that more so, yes, the Bible is offensive, but it's offensive because you're going against it. I think it's a matter of perspective. I, I, I think it's both. I think, I mean... I mean, I, there are, there, you know, there are things that Jesus says that offends me. I mean, it really does. It's like, uh, if, if, if you want to come after me, deny yourself, take up your cross. Okay, now what is he saying there? Bear he, your suffering. Huh? Bear your suffering. Pick it up and bear it. Yeah, yeah. well, it will uh, we'll die. I want, you know, die. <laughs> You know, I mean, okay. Now let's let's all agree. We don't, we won't go that far, but let's all agree. Uh, you know, Satan wants to kill us. The Bible is very clear about that. Okay, but do you realize? So does God. Take up your cross. He wants to kill our old self. That's that's right. That's exactly right. The self that that rebels against him. That's right. The part that goes along. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or we could even say what he wants to do is nail on the cross all that is false about you so that what is really true can live. But I mean, I mean, if you really live into those two words, deny yourself and take up your cross, I guarantee you're going to be offended. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Okay. Now, I know there's ways around those words where we can go like, oh, you know, isn't. God's so good and like he just wants me to have everything I want and, and, you know, and he's, you know, you know, oh boy, this is so fun and good and I don't know, I'm not doing that very good. But you, but you know, uh, it's all nice and sweet and it, okay, now, is there goodness to the gospel? Absolutely. Absolutely. More goodness, better goodness, deeper goodness than we can ever realize. But let me ask, is there also uh, death is is there also letting go of my rights to myself and giving them to him? Yeah. You know, it's interesting about you know like you know all these things where we like, give them to all your desire to give them to you. The thing is, in a way, it's not wrong. The thing is, if if your heart is in line with God, you will want the things that He wants for you. True. And, and I, I suspect that that verse is what it's really saying is that if you will delight in the Lord, uh, and let's stop right there. What are the delight? What's the delight of your heart at that point? Him. So if you delight in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart, which is him. So now that doesn't mean there's other things that you may desire that he also grants. But and that that's what you're saying is that. If we are in line with him, if we are walking his path at his pace, you know, towards his destination, then yes, there's, there's no harm in giving us what we desire. But if giving us what we desire takes us off the path, takes us in another direction, takes us towards a different destination, and it doesn't keep pace with him, that's a harmful desire, no matter how good the desire is. Okay. All right, three things. Just want to say real quick. Woo, we're almost through. 
Okay. What is the Bible for? One, the Bible is, is uh, to know who God is. That's the number one. The Bible is for knowing who God is. Uh, you know, that like, just like an example, uh, I don't know any other source that helps me know who God really is. I mean, I can read the New York Times. I can read People magazine. You know, I can listen to Dr. Phil, uh, you know, uh, Steve Colbert, you know, all these people who will tell me what God is like. And I can buy into that, but there's always going to be a sense of insecurity about buying into that because where's that coming from? Other people like me. But what if there's a source? What if there's something that, that the source of it is God himself? And from that source, he reveals who he is. He, he shares who he is. What if, the, well, then you want to get a hold of that source. The Bible is, is, number one, what is it for? It's to help us know who God is. Number two, it's to tell the, the true story of humanity's history from God's perspective. To tell the true story of humanity's history from God's perspective. Now that may sound real kind of professorish, like real kind of academic. I'm going to come back to it here in a minute and tell you why that's important. And number three, uh, the Bible is for shaping us as people of God so we can uh, live in a way that is that participates with God in his story, that he's still writing. That, that we, you know, we, we, learn, we learn how to imitate God. We live in a way that is in line with who he is and what he's up to in this world. So let me, let me just take those apart just real quick, and then I have a challenge for us, okay? The Bible is a book about God. It Number one, it, it is a book about God. Uh, Genesis 1.1, what does it say? In the keep, keep going. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. There was a, a Jewish rabbi who started one of his classes one day. Uh, this is in modern history. This is in ancient times. Uh, this, is, this is in Israel. He started his class one day and he said, uh, uh, in, in, in rabbinical classes, uh, you have to be able to recite a Bible verse. Uh, like, for example, the rabbi will say two words, and then he'll call on you. And you have to stand up, and you have to quote from memory the verse that comes before the verse that has those words, the verse that has those words, and the verse that comes after the verse that has those words. Okay? So... Uh, so he, he stands up, he, he, he calls on a student, the student stands up, and, and the rabbi yells, Genesis 1-1. And so the student goes, in the beginning, God, and he said, stop, sit down. And he points to another student, stand up, stand up. Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God, stop, sit down. And third student, fourth student, okay, and then like after the fifth student, in the beginning, God, stop. And he says, sit down. And then he says to the class, if you don't believe that, you can leave. Okay, that's what the book, the book is about. That everything starts with God. 
That, that, that's what this book is about. Everything starts with him. He gives everything meaning. He gives everything purpose. He gives everything its identity. So we need to know him so we may comply and collaborate with him in all that he's trying to do to redeem all that is. Rather than just giving us a list of facts, this is what God's like. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Okay, there it is. One page. You got it. That, that's not our Bible, beloved. What, what, instead of just giving us a list of facts about God, we're given stories about God. That's what this Bible is about. And by the way, if you don't know it, you are a story creature. In other words, you know, uh, Al knows his Bible through and through. I mean, I'm, he's one of the most impressive men in terms of knowing what the Bible says. But you know what his real gift is? When he preaches on Thursday nights at Underground, what he does to us is he tells us stories. Because we're storied creatures. And storied creatures speak to the deeper parts of us. And that's why we don't get a list of what God's like. Uh, what we get is stories. Now, just because the Bible is mostly story, it doesn't mean we can make it say what we want it to say or, or, or think about what it says the way we want to think about it. The Bible must be taken on its own terms. We do not study the Bible to get God into our lives. We study the Bible to give ourselves to God and his way of life. In fact, The goal is to get to the place to where the, where the Bible studies us. And we are not studying it. Just to give you an example of that, beloved. You know the story of the, of the guy that's on, um, he's, he's paralyzed and he's on a mat. And for, Jesus is teaching in a home and it's so packed and everything. They want him to go get him to Jesus. So four of his friends come and get him. And they carry him and they can't get him in the room. They can't get him in the house. There's so many people. And so what they do is, you know, they, they have a, they convene a conference outside the, the house. And they said, what are we going to do? How do we, you know, we're, he's on a mat. We're just going to call him Matt. Matt, we want to get Matt to Jesus. Okay. So what are we going to do? And so, you know, I'm sure that they talked, you know, different things like that. And I'm absolutely sure that the, this, was, this came from the youngest one in the group. He probably had tattoos, lots of piercings, and what he said, he said, let's dig through the roof. Okay? So then they had to figure out, well, where do you get a ladder? And, oh, we're going to need rope. And so, they, you know, they figured all that out, and then, you know, they got Matt to Jesus. Okay. Now, now I, I've learned that. I've studied the Bible. I have studied it. But one day I was reading that story and it began to study me and asked me, Scott, who carries you to Jesus? When you're paralyzed and you can't get to Jesus, who carries you? And man, I, I listened to that question. And then another one came. Scott, who do you carry? Who do you know that's paralyzed and can't get to Jesus and you're carrying them to Jesus. Who is that? I mean, that's when the Bible started studying me. Is this making sense, beloved? Okay. 
the Bible is about God. It's to know who God is. Okay, number two, it is to know the true story of human history from God's perspective. In other words, it tells us who we are. What is my place in this world? Why am I here? And if you don't know who you are, anything or anyone can shape your identity. And that's, that's, that's huge today, beloved. Is that all kinds of things are shaping people's identity. Uh, things that are not the truest things about them. But they're buying into that. That's telling them who they are. When there's really only one in the universe who has the right to tell you who you are. Because he made you. The Bible tells us the true story of human history. It tells us who we are. It gives us who our identity, what our identity is. And then number three, uh, the Bible is for shaping us as people who belong to God to live like God. In other words, it shapes our priorities, our values, our goals not through more information, beloved, not through that. It's not about gaining more information. We already have too much information. In fact, I'll say this to you. Now, now I'm, I, this, this, this may offend you. I'm not meaning to offend you. Okay. Beloved, you have more information than I do. Your, your knowledge far exceeds mine. But I kind of wonder that maybe I win the game at wisdom. The Bible shapes our priorities, our values, and our goals not through information, but through more authentic, reshaping response to that information. The Bible, and God through the Bible, calls us to move in repentance, to move in faithfulness, to move in forgiveness. This is response. This is authentic, reshaping response to information that we've been given. It's not just more information that shapes us to be more like Him. It's, it's our response that the Bible calls for that makes us more like Him. Okay. Uh, so what happens then, beloved, if you just pay no attention to the Bible or you just glance at it occasionally, what's going to happen? Then, uh, then other things are going to tell you what, who God is, who He is and what He's like. And other things are going to tell you who you are and giving shape to your priorities and your values and your goals. And like what, you know, what or who you should worship and, and, and then what someday you're going to wake up and you're going to come to the realization that you're not anything like you really should be. Because what will happen when other things are informing all that for you, when other things are informing who God is and who you are and, and, and be shaping your values and priorities and stuff like that, what that what's going to happen is, is that you are going to look more like those things then you're going to look like your real self. Why do we have hardcore Bible study? 
to know him more, to know who we are more, to become like him more. That's why. Okay, now I want you to get in your groups. I don't know, I don't, we're kind of sketchy tonight, so I don't know how groups are going to work, but let's, let's see how they work. Here's the three questions I've given to your leaders to talk about. It isn't necessarily about this lesson. You can talk about this lesson, but uh, here's the three. One is, I want you to share about what your Thanksgiving and your Christmas plans are. What are you planning? What's going to happen for Christmas and Thanksgiving for you? And then second to that is, do you have any concerns about the holidays that you'd want to share and that we could be praying for? Second, uh, I want to know what good has Hardcore given you this semester? What good has Hardcore given you this semester? Now, understand, there's an assumption in that question that Hardcore has given you something good, hopefully, okay? What good has Hardcore given you this semester? And then finally, how has the study of Hebrews 11, which we've done all semester, how has the study of Hebrews 11 influenced your faith? And beloved, please be specific. Don't just say, Oh, let's see, the study of Hebrews 11 has made my faith good. Don't do that. Be as specific as you can. Okay, let's get in our small groups.